The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. You are listening to Rewritten with Cynthia Ocelli. Our topic today, 10 things you need to know about money. Hey friends, thank you for tuning in. We are talking money today and it is so much more than dollars and cents. We're going to take a deep dive into how your interviews, conscious and unconscious, and your habits create your relationship with money. I'm going to share with you the things I wish I knew when I got started and give you the tools and ideas to help you transform your financial future. Before we kick our list off, I want to remind you that one of the greatest influences over your life's circumstances and your life satisfaction is your sense of self-confidence, how you see you. Last show, I taught you an advanced coaching technique to increase your confidence instantly, right now, today. Everyone needs this and needs it often. If you haven't already, I want you to listen to that and apply what I taught you in that show. Give your confidence a tune-up. Do it after this show. So every show I record has one common focus, to rewrite your toxic, limiting, unhelpful, and false beliefs with honest and empowering truths so that you can create a life you love, one that is really worthy of you. Speaking of worth, today's show is really all about that. Do you know that your financial picture is a mirror of your relationship with worth? Today, you get to take a look into the mirror of money and shift what needs to be shifted so that you can thrive. This is powerful work and you can't afford not to do it. And this, my friends, is the only way you will hear me use the term can't afford it. A bonus tip, in addition to and on top of the 10 things you need to know about money is this. Right now, remove I can't afford it from your languaging. From now on, you choose whether you will purchase something or not. I choose not to buy this right now is world more positive and powerfully full of possibility. It calls on your inner resources to find a way to buy whatever it is, and it leaves you no less than you were before because it packs no negativity, no poor me, no loser me, no judgment of inferiority like I can't afford it does. So we don't say that anymore. I choose. 
Onward, number one, in the 10 things that you need to know about money. Number one, abundance is everywhere. Left to itself, the universe really is friendly and it flows in unbounded abundance. The ocean doesn't count its waves, doesn't care how many hit the shore, the orange tree doesn't reach its quota and stop production. The sun doesn't shine on only the people who, quote, deserve it. Nature's abundance knows no limit. And a great mindset shift, a foundational mindset shift, is to align your thoughts with this truth rather than the manic depressive sways of the economy. Remember this, in any, in every economy or circumstance, someone is succeeding and it might as well be you. You don't need to concern yourself with the hyper-specifics of just how things will come together. Just stay active. Keep taking consistent steps in the direction of your goals. You are more capable than you realize, and the universe will conspire to help you when you help yourself. As we get further down this list, we're going to go from the mindset and the energy around money that influences your relationship with it, all the way down to concrete practices that you can start implementing today. So it's total and cohesive, and I want you to take all of it in. So pay attention, bookmark this show, come back and listen to it again. Number two, top 10 things you need to know about money. You must give to receive. Abundance flows in a cycle that's similar to breathing. You must inhale to exhale. You must also, and this is important for so many of you, you must also be willing to receive in order to give. Hindering either action blocks the flow and results in deficiency. The entire cycle is strengthened when you and your customer or employer exchange fairly and joyfully. If you love to give, but you don't know how to receive, you will always struggle with lack. You cannot only exhale, right? You need to inhale. It's the balance. It's the other side. So if you're really bad at receiving, begin now. Start accepting compliments. It's always the great place to start. When someone says, wow, that's a beautiful shirt, or you look great today, you say thank you and smile. None of that, oh, this old thing, none of that. Thank you and smile. Continue broadening and opening your container to receive by accepting offers of help, accepting gifts, gratefully accepting everything that flows to you and saying thank you. Get really comfortable with the idea of being showered with wonderful emotions, opportunities, and great material wealth. And some people really struggle with this. Some people, there are numbers that shock their conscience and they can't get their mind around it and they shy away from it and they think it's too much. And there's a whole bunch of judgment with that. And we're going to get to some of that. For now, broaden your container by accepting more, by thinking of more, by letting that be okay, by imagining you showered with opportunity wonderful love, gifts, emotions, material wealth, everything. Yes. Enjoy it, celebrate it, and say yes 
to more. And then when you're giving, only give what feels good. I know that flies in the face of a lot of other teachings. I stand by it. And I have been everywhere on the financial spectrum. I've been poor. I've lived in a garage on welfare. I know what it is to live in lack. And I've been just blessed in ways that I never could have imagined. I feel like I really understand the workings and the flow and the balance that we all can cultivate to create financial freedom in our lives. And that is my personal opinion of what success means, freedom. Which takes us to item number three. Your success helps others. This is a great antidote to all of you who think it's not okay for you to succeed. You cannot suffer enough to make other people successful. The idea that somehow by living small or joining another in struggle, you help them overcome their suffering doesn't make any sense. The best way to help another person be successful is to model successful behavior. You do this by charging fair prices and still delivering excellent work on time. That's the way to teach others about success. We grew up programmed both to want and to fear money. And women specifically constantly receive messages of scarcity and negativity about money. We've all been told that it's hard to get, it's hard to keep, that we're not going to do well, that we should be afraid of not having it, that we'll only hit a certain level and the society is stacked so that we're not going to be able to do much better, that money doesn't grow on trees, that being small is safe. We all have negative programming around money. Some of us have been told that having money means that we're not spiritual or holy or good, that money is the root of all evil, that no matter how much we want to be able to provide for our families and live in relaxed freedom and peace, if we actually have money, we do things to divest ourselves of it because it's uncomfortable for us. This is your opportunity to look at those ideas and realize that there's also a greater idea. The world needs you to be successful so that you can bring your gifts and your light and your change to everyone who's waiting on you. Which brings us to number four. Money is a neutral energy. It is not good. It is not bad. It does not go to or away from so-called good or bad people. What we think of it and how we use it gives it its only meaning. So know that you are just as deserving of financial comfort and abundance as anyone else. Trust yourself to handle money well and learn how, we'll talk more about that, and begin by cultivating a friendly relationship with money. Money is not good. Money is not bad. How you handle it, what you do with it, how you treat yourself with it, how you treat others over it, that's what defines it. And you can control that. Number five, ask for more. Overall, 
There's a lot of inequality in the world. There are a lot of things that just aren't fair. But there's something else at play as well when we ask, why do some people not get as much? Why do women specifically not get as much? There's absolutely inequality in pay, but there's something else that we do. And we need to shift that. We need to get comfortable with asking for more. Linda Babcock, a professor from Carnegie Mellon University, an economics professor and the director of the Program for Research and Outreach on Gender Equity in Society, states that one of the reasons women earn less money and receive fewer promotions than men is because we do not ask for as much and we do not ask as often. Asking feels uncomfortable, I know. It goes against our natural tendency to please, and if we're pleasers, it's even harder. It goes against our desire to be liked and to be lovely and all that stuff that we've been patterned with that associates you know, our behavior with being good and being liked and not coming across as the B word. It exposes us to the potential of pain and feeling rejected if we ask and are told no. But I want you to understand something about nearly every area of your life, at work and at home. Everything is negotiable. And that over a lifetime, your willingness to ask or your refraining from asking creates dramatic change in the outcomes you experience. Being willing to ask can mean millions more dollars, more time to enjoy your life, less stress, stronger relationships, better health, and much greater happiness and freedom. So let's get you started on a pattern of asking. Start by asking the universe for what you desire and do not stop there. Ask your employer, your lover, your mechanic, even your credit card company for what you want. Money, promotions, support, a discount, a refund. I have become really, really proficient at asking. And I receive more things than I ever imagined were available. I asked to get into law school without a high school diploma or an undergraduate education. Now imagine how scary that had to be. In my daily life today, I continuously ask for better terms, discounts. If I make a mistake and I'm charged a fee, I ask for that to be refunded. I am willing to ask for everything that I want. And I know that I'm not going to hear yes all of the time. But what I also know for sure is I will never hear yes if I do not ask. This has transformed my life, my clients' lives. I have coached people in situations that they really wanted to see how far they could go. And I have watched them double their, their salary offers. And I am not, that's not a stretch at all. Learning how to ask is also something you can study. I have taken courses on negotiation and they help me tremendously in learning how to present ideas in a way that is kind and civil and persuasive, but not as uncomfortable because preparation breeds confidence. It breeds security. So learn how to ask. It is worth investing in your skills and investing in the education to learn how to ask, how to negotiate, how to convert a denial into a delay. 
You have so much power here. Learn how to ask, practice it, get comfortable with it, and do it over and over and over again. It is incredibly transformative. Number six, never make personal loans. I know this is hard. I know we want to help. I know we want to be there for people. But really, in order for us to continue to show up and take the best care of ourselves, not to be a burden on someone else, and to be able to be there for others, we must take care of our own finances first. We must always be informed. We must always be conscious. We must always be intelligent. If we are respectful in our dealings with money and our relationship with money, money will also come to us more easily and and stay with us. So if you cannot give the money as a gift, you cannot lend it. Loans are usually made with the very best of intentions and the borrower is eager to pay the money back and it feels good to help someone. But unfortunately, things don't often go as they were planned. In many cases, the borrower encounters additional challenges and cannot and sometimes even chooses not to repay the loan. This has a tremendous cost. It's not just a financial cost. Relationships suffer. And yes, so does your financial welfare. So it's a really good policy only to loan money when you can give it away and feel good about it if that happened. And if that's the case, make the loan and never, you don't have to tell the borrower that it's a gift. If it comes back to you, that's wonderful. If it doesn't come back, you will still have your peace of mind. Number seven, and this is from Resurrecting Venus. It's under the caption, The Homemaker's Mandate. Accept this as a non-negotiable mandate. Whatever your life plans may be, you must always be able to take care of yourself and your children. If you are currently reliant on someone else and have not developed the skills to provide for yourself, it's time right now to start equipping yourself with the abilities, the skills, the education, and those interests immediately. You don't need a big lofty education. You can choose something that you're interested in and then learn about the careers and businesses that relate to it. Take classes, read more, volunteer, start a home business, find part-time work that allows you to telecommute. Get connected to something that interests you and provides career opportunities. You may never need or want to work again, but your life will be exponentially enhanced by knowing that you can, and there's so much value and strength in being able to carry your own expenses and support your children and to not have to make decisions that you would make differently if you had more resources. So this idea that we can just rely completely on someone else, I'm just not for it. I always want you to be able to provide for yourself and to keep that ability ready. I think it's so important and I've seen it play out in so many different ways. This is a vital aspect of our wholeness as women. And it can't, I can't impress upon you how important it is not to neglect it. Number eight, top 10 things you need to know about money. There might be another top 10. We might get to the top 20 things you know about money in a future show, because this was really hard for me to pull just 10 topics. Number eight, 
Know when you have enough. Most people don't know when they have enough. They look forward in time and think, if I had this house or this car or these fancy things, I'd be happy and I'd have enough. Then they get to the place that they have those things and all of a sudden, immediately, they create a whole new set of I'd be happy ifs. Our culture in America is built on the idea that nothing is enough. You'll never have enough. And I used to think this way. I remember what it was like. And the thing that really changed that for me was the experience of watching people fight for their lives, watching people in hospital beds struggling. And I really saw that no matter how affluent they were, their stuff meant nothing. It didn't help them. And it's not what they regretted or they longed for. What they ached for was more time to be with the people they loved and to do the things that they really loved doing. Things like singing and dancing and painting and writing and teaching and experiencing nature, making love, spending time with people they cared about, laughing with friends. When your needs are met and you have the space to live life, you have enough. It is so important for us to know to understand and recognize the moments when we have enough. This is where your greatest opportunity for cultivated happiness arises. It reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy hierarchy of needs. Maslow states that the five categories of human needs that dictate an individual's behavior are physiological needs, safety needs, love and belonging needs, esteem needs, and self-actualization. So they rise up on a pyramid with the base being physiological survival needs and the second one being safety needs, right? Once your physiological and safety needs are met, it's not time to go get more stuff that you have to work harder to keep and maintain and replace. It's time to know that you have enough And allow your love, belonging, self-esteem, and self-actualization to flourish. Every day of my life now is graced with the contentedness of appreciating that I have enough. Energetically, my peace with this, my understanding of this, just attracts more and more to me. Things flow to me easily. No grasping. No efforting. Make this change. Recognize when you have enough. So many of us do have enough, but we're stuck on shiny, stuck on shiny things. If I just this, if I just that, oh, I want to get this. I want to have that. That is not where your life's value really lies. At the end of your life, when you look back on your life, great book on this, Bronnie Ware's Top Five Regrets of the Dying. It's not the stuff. It's not how you looked. It's not the ego. It's the heart. It's the creativity. It's the time that you value and that you'll long for. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
Number nine. Now we're going to get to the concrete. We've been moving around ideas, viewpoints, mindsets, perspectives, beliefs. Now this is concrete. Live below your means. If you come across extra money, a raise, an inheritance, a thriving business, or a windfall, don't go out and get a bigger house, a new car, more stuff, or take a vacation. Live below your means. I'm not telling you not to have nice things, if you're, but if your car and your house and your stuff is sufficient, if you have enough, live below your means. And we'll get to why. But the best example that I can find of someone who lives below their means, it has to be Warren Buffett. He's a lifelong investor who started investing at the age of 10. He was worth a million dollars by the time he was 30, 300 million by the time he's 50, and now well into his, I believe, 80s, he's worth $100 billion. But Mr. Buffett, he lives in the same home he's lived in since 1958, a home somewhere in downtown Omaha. He purchased that home for $32,000, $31,000. So many of us spend money before we have it, live over our means, put ourselves in situations that when, not if, When a challenge comes up, we're not prepared and we have to go into debt and we have no chance to do what I'm going to suggest in our next tip because we're busy just treading water. And when we receive more money or our promotion, we just expand our expense container. This is the road to struggle and strife and stress. When we are raising the bar of what we consider survival, So now instead of, you know, $1,000, it's $5,000 in expenses. And then we make that and that becomes easy. And then now, no, now it's going to be $10,000 in expenses. When we hold ourselves at uh, behind, uh, running behind our finances all the time, going into debt, never having enough, never being able to make ends meet, not being able to keep any excess money and just squandering away everything that comes to us that's more than what we needed. We will always be feeling poor, always be feeling lack, always be feeling like we don't have enough. And it is wild, but I actually know people who have incomes of upwards of a million dollars a year who struggle financially because they are overextended. And when they close the gap and they have enough resources to handle what they have, they enlarge their, their expenses and they go for something else and they constantly stay at this precarious point of almost losing everything. This is more than financially difficult. It is emotionally stressful and it robs them of living their lives. Know when you have enough and live below your means. Which brings me to item number 10 in the top five things you need to know about money. And this one is a biggie. Put 15 to 20% of your monthly income aside for investing. Set that as a goal for yourself. So if that means that you can have enough living in maybe a place that's not as plush and put that money away, or maybe you don't get the brand new car, or maybe you take a simpler vacation so that you can have more money to put it away, it's worth it. When I talk about this, it always reminds me of this a woman I met when I was pregnant with my daughter. She was a photographer in Beverly Hills. 
And she was a recent divorcee, and she had been married to a very, very wealthy man. And she wasn't thinking that she would ever be on her own. And she wasn't thinking that it would ever run out. So they lived at the edge of their means. And she had a penchant for shoes. She had something like, you know, 4,000 shoes in her closet, and they were every kind of design and all the most wonderful ones, and not even a scuff on the sole of any. It was like a museum for shoes. And when I was talking to her, she confided that she wished that she had saved the money for those shoes and lived below her means and invested that money instead of buying all that stuff. And I know that. You might listen to this and go, well, I would never do that. I don't even care about shoes and I don't have that kind of money. It is not how much you make. It is how much you keep. It is how much you spend and it is how much you keep. A person, if you've ever played the game, rich dad, poor dad's uh, cash flow game, a oftentimes this is a game where they, they assign you a life and a role and an income. And then you, you roll the dice and different life events happen. And if you're smart and savvy, You can be the janitor and win that game. You can outdo the doctor if you're smart and savvy with money. It is not about what you make. It is about what you keep. That said, way back up there in the make sure you ask for more, I'm still going to push you to reach the peak of your earning capacity and make sure that you're there by asking for more, by investing in yourself, by delivering excellent work and always looking for more opportunities. I'm going to encourage you to know when you have enough to live below your means, and to become your own tax collector, putting 15 to 20% of your monthly income aside for investing in passive income producing assets. I know that's a lot. Start wherever you are. Identify yourself as another tax collector. We don't get to not pay our taxes. We must deliver and pay those bills. You become an additional tax collector and you tax yourself starting where you can 5%, 10% and work up to 20% or more. This money is off limits. Only in the case of an all out crisis, would you touch it? This money is a seed of wealth, which brings me to, Hey, I couldn't keep it at 10. Here comes tip number 11 of the top 10 things you need to know about money. Invest in passive income producing assets. Now, I know that sounds like a really big, heady thing that no one like you could ever figure out. That's your job. Your job is to become educated and disciplined, to become an educated and disciplined investor. A foundational caveat that I'm going to pull right up here in front is never, ever, ever invest in what you don't understand get educated. And I know that sounds intimidating. I promise you, you can do it. You can take it in baby steps. It is easier than it's ever been before. When it comes to stocks, you can go to a site like The Motley Fool and start to learn, start to just read and track and learn the language and follow what people say and decide whether you agree with them by looking at their analysis, which they do share, and developing your own opinions. If you consistently applied yourself for 15 minutes a day, 91 hours a year, in a year you would be fluent in this language and you would begin to understand. You could 
Give yourself imaginary purchases and follow them and see how you did. You get educated by getting involved, by getting immersed. There are more podcasts than ever. There's more information than ever. Pick a solid form of information that you're comfortable listening to and give yourself the opportunity to deepen and grow. This is not rocket science. You can learn it. You can understand. I'm a real estate person. I have been in real estate. It was the first thing I did to help myself when I was on welfare. I got a real estate license. I started studying real estate. I've been involved in real estate from all kinds of angles. And I love the site and the podcast, Bigger Pockets. Uh, you can Google those and you just start to learn. Again, I want to warn you not to take action investing in things that you do not understand. Take your time. Do not rely on tips from well meaning people or anybody else. You must get educated and you must get informed and you can. Some of the things you'll want to do is look at investments, look at their past, study them, study the investors until it makes complete sense to you what they did. Be skeptical and be the devil's advocate. People are willing to talk. There are a tremendous number of forums where people say, hey, I saw that you're investing this way. I don't understand this part. I don't understand that part. It all feels massive, overwhelming, and too much until you just get in there. It's like eating an elephant, which I do not endorse. But how do you do it? You do it one little bite at a time. Pay attention. Look at levels of risk. Look at exit strategies. Do not leave something this important to someone else's discretion. And this includes your family or your spouse's discretion. You need to be informed and you can. Life happens. You need to know what your money is doing, the quality of the investments you're making, what you have, where it is, how to access it, and whether you feel like it's sound as you continue to grow. And again, I know how this is challenging to think about. Oh, I don't know if I could ever do that. I promise you that with your diligent repetition, just showing up again and again, listening and learning, your understanding will grow. So the formula for you to become financially free is to live below your means, pay yourself every month, invest in passive income producing assets, protect those assets. That's kind of something we didn't cover. That means getting insurance and having liability protecting entities. It will make sense as you learn more. And repeat this again and again for years. This works and you can do it. Believe in yourself and begin to learn. Be cautious of people who are going to charge you to learn how to do this. That doesn't need to happen. Learn and watch other people. Ask questions, get curious, develop your understanding while you are living below your means and putting money away. And in the meantime, while you're putting that money away and you're learning, you can invest in things like there were just series I bonds that went out very recently because of the inflation that uh, we're encountering in the country right now. They were at at 9.7% and right now they're at 6.7%. 
get informed and learn and make sure that you understand what you're doing. There are many women's investment groups. You can join them. You should not have to pay to join them. You can be quiet and listen and learn. And I promise you, just like we learn any language, just like we learn cooking, just like we learn how to be great parents, just like we learn psychology and concepts and belief changing, you can learn this. And this is your formula to become financially free. One bonus tip, because I just love this and I, I, I think it's something we could all, it's a gift we can give to our children. If you are a parent and your children are minors, do them an amazing service by getting them summer jobs for all their teen years and then really make them unhappy with you by depositing their earnings into an IRA. I know, sounds awful. Your kids are going to think you're a tyrant, but consider this example. If you open a Roth IRA with an initial deposit of $600 and then add $50 per month with an annual interest rate compounding at about 10%, At the end of 50 years, you have 953,000 and 922,000 of that comes from compound growth. But for your kid, if your child works from 14 to 18 and invests $2,000 a year in an IRA that earns that same 10% and that money is left there, they do not put another dollar in after they're 18. They do it for those four years. And that IRA is allowed to compound, meaning all the earnings are reinvested, so no one is touching it. At 69, it will be worth over a million dollars from just that initial five years of investing. Get your kids to take advantage of their youth and the the time between their youth and their retirement. How awesome would it be if someone had done that for you? I wish someone had done that for me. Uh, My son did that. He, you know, was like, what do you mean? I'm working. Am I getting any money? And I was like, this is just, you're going to thank me later. And now he's well on his way and it was absolutely worth it. Money is neutral. Money is everywhere. The world is abundant. You can shift your financial future by opening up your mindset and being a receiver, a joyful receiver of all things, asking for more on a regular basis and learning how to do that in ways that feel comfortable and that become more and more successful. And then develop the capacity to know when you have enough to not need to run with the herd, to not be a puppet in the game of our culture of media and corporations who are bent on keeping you feeling like you need something all of the time so that you will continue to buy things to maybe hopefully one day become adequate. Know when you have enough, live below your means and get educated. Pay yourself, become your own tax collector, get educated, learn how to invest in passive income producing assets One of my favorite uh, categories are multifamily apartment syndications. Sounds very, very complicated and fancy. Learn about it. You will understand it. It will make sense to you. These are the ways that regular people can get involved in wealth building so that one day your money is working for you and you don't have to work for someone else. That to me is the ultimate definition of success, because when you're there, you get to go out in the world and deliver your gifts 
your way and make this world a better place. So your homework this week is to spend 15 minutes a day visualizing yourself receiving and taking advantage of opportunities, attracting and easily accepting abundance, having enough, living within your means, putting money aside for yourself, and becoming an educated and disciplined investor. If you struggle with visualization, you can find a guided meditation on prosperity. I have one. I believe it's on YouTube. It's very old. This is a game-changing shift. If you like this show and you want to hear more shows on this subject or more top 10 shows, which people seem to really love, please reach out to me and let me know. You can find me on Instagram at Cynthia Ocelli. You can join 56,000 followers now on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life blog, or you can look up life by Cynthia Ocelli. I want to see you change this outcome. I want to see you living and thriving and giving the gifts that you came here to give to this world because I know now more than ever, the world needs you. Have a beautiful week. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.